Brain Buster Boys are brought to you by Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Hi, you've reached the voicemail of Fox Monroe, Last Tycoon Productions. I'm uh, probably out scouting or doing something somewhere. Uh, but if you leave your name and a voice message, I'll uh, return your call as soon as I can. Or sometime. All night long, baby. Hey, Fox. Uh, this is Bo Monran, uh, Brain Buster Boys. Just giving you a call, checking in, uh, seeing uh, what you thought about the episode last week. Uh, you know me, you know, I thought it was uh, spectacular, you know, as is kind of, you know, what we do. Uh, a lot of highs, a lot of good times and, you know, uh, great episode. Uh, I guess the Greg thing worth mentioning, uh, he got all pissy and quit. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I don't think that's that big of a deal. Just like, you know, what you and I talked about in Memphis, you know, that chaotic element, we could just toss that out of our show and be, you know, much better for it. And even, you know, without Greg, uh, Things are going to be great. Uh, so, hey, man, uh, just uh, give me a call back whenever you get a chance, uh, and we'll uh, talk a little bit of shop and uh, hopefully move forward with some last tycoon stuff. So, uh, hey, man, catch you later. I'm out front, or I, or I guess I'm in my car, out front, technically. All right, see it. Right. What up? What up? Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. Had to wear my jeans. All right, shall we? Let's do it! the boy ass goes. Do we want to stop and get booze beforehand? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Um, at, the, at the Kroger? So we want to do... Uh, that's do, cool. Yeah, sounds good to me. We'll just go there and figure we can kind of get everything together. Oh, I didn't bring sunglasses. That's fine. Uh, I have a spare pair. Yeah, really, just for the walk. Yeah. Yeah, this is going to be sick. Yeah, I'm pumped. I know it doesn't mean anything to you, but I still can't fucking believe we're going to see Minoru Suzuki tonight. So, like, it, it was some context with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's 50, 51, 52, something like that. Yeah. Um, but and, still awesome. And, I mean, you saw him. Like, he yeah, looks yeah. younger than Moxley. <laughs> right, right, right. And, 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 and see, does he wrestled he's, in the States very much? No. 
Like, okay. I'm sure he maybe had. Like, yeah. he was actually supposed to fight Orange Cassidy. Really? At an indie show last year, yeah. and then COVID canceled wow. everything. Um, but no, Japanese legend um, has a legit MMA background and uh-huh. was doing that while wrestling back yeah. and forth. And he's just a maniac. I yeah. mean, like, he'll get the sadistic smiles on his face. Like, it's going to be... We watched the Shingo Ishii match. The mm. if you recall, it'll be yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Just a fucking bruiser war. Um, you know, they had the match early in New Japan last year, right before the pandemic. That was amazing. I mean, they're just gonna beat the shit out of each other. Yeah. And just his song is an epic song. But so like when that comes like, on, I'm just gonna lose. But it. like orchestral rock. Yeah, it's like a like Japanese that. rock song. Oh there's yeah, big, those are always very there's a big grandiose. moment where in Japan yeah. he'll like stand on the apron of the ring, and when it gets to this part of the song, uh-huh. the whole crowd cheers. Oh, that's, so it's like. Kazuni Nare. That's sort of like Judas. Ish. Yeah, but just that part. Yeah. So it, it reminds me of a lot of anime stuff because they always have like the orchestra, like the choir of people, like yeah. chanting shit. Yeah, that sounds tight. You could hear it, like you could hear some people chanting it in Chicago at All Out. Obviously, not all the fans are gonna know oh, it, yeah. but I'll be screaming it. But the people who did, yeah, assume that's gonna be the uh, main event. I would assume so. Yeah. But who? I mean, they've got a of lot. Dynamite, they've least, got a yeah. lot to accomplish on this show. Well, I mean, well, I imagine... And packing on Andrade would be... Main, that's main, Rampage. Main event, Rampage, or Open. One of the I two. I would guess main event. Yeah. But, like, I imagine Danielson, Cole, uh-huh. Punk... I imagine they're all going to be on this show. Oh, yeah, going to have, like... Like, a, how do you not have Danielson and Cole? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Well, I think, you know, like, obviously tonight would be the setup for um, whoever's going to fight Kenny next. You know, we're at least going to, like, like, maybe not complete... You know, clear picture. Yeah, I'm wondering but, but, if, but, 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 but like you know, a, a, a nod. If maybe they do, I was thinking about this. They do Danielson Cole first, right? Yeah, and then Danielson Kenny. He has maybe? to like fight his way up the elite. Yeah, you know. But then they'll also probably do at some point that tag match with Danielson Christian and Jurassic Express against the elite. Yeah, that'd be a fun. Kenny part. Cole in the Bucks. Oh yeah, you know? get, that would be a good way to like start it off. Right, get him wins and put him over. That could know, maybe like be good. the Arthur Ashe show, or yeah. they do it on a Dynamite before that. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I mean the the all out fallout, all out fallout, so to speak. And uh, yeah, it's gonna be a thrill. Yeah, interesting. All right, welcome to the Brain Buster Boys, episode 36, Hometown Dynamite Edition. I'm Brett Jagger, along with Beaumont Ram. Howdy! Hello. Have you recovered from Wednesday night yet? (laughs) Okay, so on, on Thursday, like, you know, I had to go to work. And uh, man, we're recording this on Friday. On just, Friday, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so Friday evening. So the day after Wednesday. We're two days removed from a wonderful evening the, at the, Dynamite the, here in Cincinnati. The, the day after, two days ago. Yeah. Um. Oh my God! Like I, I, I told Rich last night that I think that's the most tired I've ever been. <laughs> like, 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 and this like beats like the moment before you go to sleep, like waking life, tired. You know, for yeah. eight hours having to be at work. It was. With your mother. With my mother, yeah, yeah, it was brutal. Um, 
But, you know, in, in a way, having my mother around was good because I felt like if I had some boss, be like, hey, dog, you hung over. Yeah, you know, she at least gets it. She yeah, knew yeah. what you were doing. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, no, um, we had a, uh absolute blast. Yes, we did. Uh, that evening. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we are uh, here. You to... heard a little bit ago our conversations, yeah. uh, you know, before the show. And, yeah, we went to your crib, my old house, Boyasco's yes. at 116 East University, just mere blocks from the Fifth Third Arena yep. on the University of but, but Cincinnati about a 10, campus. Eight to 10 minute yeah, walk. Tops. Yep. Yeah, tops, yeah. Uh, and we got in there before the dark matches started, we got our beers, we were in our seats, and uh, just wanna make one note before we just dig right into Dynamite here that it was the final dark match of the night. It was Daniel Garcia against Lee Moriarty Great match. Looking forward to going back and watching it. But uh, Tony Khan came out and signed Lee Moriarty to an AEW contract after the match. So just a very cool moment. And Moriarty's a guy, I'd actually never seen him, but have heard his name a lot. And the guy a lot of people like on the indies had this great match against Garcia. And looking forward to seeing more of him. No shit, Sherlock. Yes, sir. Is that, oh, is yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Mor- the Mor- Professor Moriarty yeah. film is it. <laughs> I mean, that, I, mean I, I, can't, I can't believe you didn't understand. That's elementary, my dear Watson. There you go. All right, it's been a it. long... <laughs> well, you said it, and yeah. I'm like, that's got to be a reference. Yeah. 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 But yeah, good stuff there. Um, so, let's go right in to AEW Dynamite from September 8th in Cincinnati, Ohio. At the Fifth Third Arena on the campus of University of Cincinnati. Big as, 12. As we just said, yes, new Big 12. But we are Louisville fans here. But I hey, ha- Very happy We're for happy them. for Extremely. them. Extremely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so whatever. That's yeah. beside the point. And we kick it off with a bullshit match in which Malachi <laughs> Black defeats Dustin Rhodes in 9 minutes 53 seconds. Uh, again, we say bullshit match because it goes back to the bunkhouse match long ago between Dustin and Camarado. Bull rope. Bull... Was it Boy? Yeah, it was Bora. Bunkhouse was uh, Dustin and yeah. QT against, I think, Butcher and the Blade yeah, last some, year. Some, you know, some shitty thing. So there's Bunkhouse, Bull Rope, so it's all just bullshit. Yeah, 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 now it's a thing. Anytime the Nightmare family or the factory involved. But, you know, this was actually a good match. You know, now Malachi, you know, after the real, where he squashed Cody, you know, a month or so ago, he's at least been challenged back-to-back by Lee Johnson and Dustin Rhodes. Um... But yeah, a good match to kind of get the crowd going. And um crowd yeah. was pretty evenly split too. Yeah. Like a lot of Malachi, Black, yeah, Dustin, the, Rose. The classic dueling chance. And yeah, it was a fun Very crowd split. all night. Uh kind of overdid a lot of the this is awesome. And there were like three fight forever chants throughout the night. It was a little much, but was just a fun crowd to be a part of and yeah. very energetic. Um any thoughts on the match? Oh man, you know. <laughs> like I don't know, like, I, I feel like whenever Bishop talks about accountability and stuff, you know, I feel like this is one match that kind of, that kind of tripped me up a little bit. Because, like, the weapon came in, no one tried to stop. Who was, it was Don't You Do It, right? I don't remember. I believe, don't you, I believe Bryce, Don't You Do It, Rensburg refereed this match. And, um... No, like, like you didn't stop the weapon. I think Dustin was out of the ring and there was no count. Like it yeah, seemed you put very, him through a table through right a table. off the beginning. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, that guy, I actually kind of missed it live and heard a huge ovation. I'm like, what the hell? And heard the sound. And yeah, I mean, Malachi suplexed him through the table like two minutes in. Yeah, and, and like, it seemed very loose. Like, like, it seemed really kind of loose. Like, they were kind of trying to, like, map out a story, but it wasn't a plot match. You know, it was just kind of there. And I think Mal- the presence of Malachi elevated it. I've honestly never really seen Dustin wrestle in like a match that you've been like oh yeah this is a good match yeah you know, i've seen like gold dust pop in and out 
Well, so I know you've heard us talk about yeah. it, but he had a five-star match with Cody mm-hmm. on the first double or nothing that was incredible. But, yeah, I think he's like 52 years old. Yeah. And for the fact that he's that old and he still, still looks going, that yeah. good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, again, Malachi was always going to win this match. Remember he pulled Cody's boot out from under the ring, so we got the drama yeah, yeah, there. yeah. yeah. At the end, and that is actually what kind of brought Dustin alive. You know, Malachi certainly kind of dominated the match, and he hit him with that big V-trigger before he went out to get the boot, and kind of Dustin was on his knees and then got up and started wailing on him and hit him with the destroyer that he got countered earlier, and then he hit a bulldog, but then Malachi kind of leg-sweeped him into the turnbuckle and hit the, I'm still going to call it the Black Mask because it's a better fucking name than just a spinning heel kick. So let's come up with a name for this damn move. Yeah. Unfortunately, kind of hit him in the shoulder and it was pretty weak. But it almost looked like Dustin was a bit out of position. But it is what it is. And yeah, uh, yeah it was a, uh, a solid opening match that, uh, you know, probably could have got shortened by a few minutes. Yeah. And yeah. actually, that's kind of a theme of the show here that we'll kind of get into, especially when we get to the main event, mm-hmm. and that we've talked about a lot in recent weeks, and that's time management and commercial placement and things of that sort. And uh, I think this show could have trimmed a little bit of fat to beef up the main event a little bit, mm-hmm. but we'll get there. Well, and this match kind of had the thing where, you know, I kind of went into it, you know, saying this is bullshit match part two. I believe that's what I said there many times. And, uh, you know, I kind of expected it to be more on the squash end, and it kind of wasn't. Yeah. And, you know, that that, that that was a pleasant surprise, but it did have the double-edged sword inadvertent effect of taking too much too time on. Yeah, yeah. But for me personally, it's just really fucking cool to see Malachi Black live, yeah. and we've now gotten to see that twice. Granted, the first one was Brock Anderson in under two minutes. So, like, just to get to see the guy have a full-fledged match in person was really cool. So, and then we get uh, just a quick video of the Lucha Brothers talking about the amazing uh, tag title cage match and winning the tag titles, followed by another Eddie Kingston Miro promo video where Eddie, of course, referenced the low blow in the match, kind of leaving the door open for the rematch. Miro, he always kind of gets some funny little comments in these videos where he said he had to ice his balls too. And he will offer uh, Eddie Kingston's broken bones to his wife and his soul to his God. And I want to just make a comment that in the arena, it was really hard to hear these videos. And like even some of the mic work in the ring, like the crowd was loud combined with like the acoustics in the arena were just not very good. Yeah. So I think we both, I I rewatched the whole show. I know you rewatched parts of it. So that really helped in terms of like hearing these videos and just kind of bringing everything together because it was raucous in there and you really couldn't hear everything. Yeah, and it seemed like, you know, we were um, a little bit closer than we were in Milwaukee. We were in the lower bowl. Yeah. Um, Though um, altitude wise, we weren't way too much higher than we were a little bit further away. But yeah, I think, you know, that just sort of speaks to the point where it just seemed kind of, you know, those videos seem kind of distant, seem, yeah. seem very cavernous. Yeah, and like there, when Dan yeah. Lambert was talking, we'll get into it later, like we were below them, and like, so we couldn't see them and could barely hear them. But again, that's just kind of part of being there live and why you rewatch them. But a note on this, you know, we talked about Kingston potentially getting his rematch. I saw someone, whether it was on Reddit or Twitter, mention Kingston getting the rematch in Arthur Ashe because he's a New York guy mm-hmm. and like, perhaps like, winning the belt in New York. That'd be good. I mean, would Miro's reign be that short? 
I mean, it hasn't. It's been a few months at this hasn't point. Now. Yeah, I mean, well, I think he's well, probably he, he, had well, the he belt did it from for Darby three when we were in WWE. Right? Yeah, so it's yeah. been a while, and okay. I mean, he's defended it shit probably five or six times. So it wouldn't surprise me one bit. And in fact, I'd love to see it. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know if it will happen. And then we get CM Punk again. Just. Always, uh, the two times since, you know, we've gotten to see him twice in three weeks. Just, again, just the energy when this guy comes out, it's awesome. And the yeah. CM Punk chance. I think Milwaukee was maybe a little hotter for him, especially because it was right off the heels of the first dance. But, again, incredible reaction, and we'll get more reactions from other new people later on. But, you know, Punk was obviously fired up. He did the Cincinnati to get the crowd hyped, and, you know, he... Talking about his match, he thanked Darby, Sting, and the fans. And, you know, he said he wasn't sure what it t- if he had what it took anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's like riding a violent bicycle. And, and everyone then, was like, you still got yeah, it. Yeah, and then he was yeah, hit with yeah. the, the classic you still got it chance, chant, which was a lot of fun. You know, he hyped up the Moxley Suzuki main event. And then this was a pretty cool moment where he addressed uh, Linda Pillman, Brian Pillman Jr.'s aunt, who essentially raised him. And if anyone has seen the uh, dark side of the ring on Vice, you know, kind of goes into that whole story. But, you know, she was like kind of the savior of the family. Right. And like really raised him and his siblings and like just seems like a wonderful, wonderful woman. And, and teeing something up for later, obviously. Ex- yes, it, yeah. absolutely. Just very well done in that regard. But yeah, he thanked her for being an angel. One thing I've noticed about CM Punk is, um, I believe, maybe every time he's come out during a TV show, he's worn a zip-up AEW hoodie. Yeah. And I feel like he's almost been sort of a mouthpiece for AEW. Like, if there were a wrestler who says what Tony Khan, who we imagine the character would be, would want to say, that's who CM Punk is being right now. I dig it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's being kind of this very, you know, kind of like this... This narrator, this voice of, hey, isn't this awesome? Don't, Bastion you, of positivity yeah, 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 and Bastion. promotion. Exactly. Didn't you love Darby? Didn't you love Sting? Yep. So, you know, obviously uh, kind of doing sort of meta stuff yeah. is, is what I'll call and it. And that's um, what he continues to say. Who saw the pay-per-view? And I think one by one, he's like, Ruby Soho, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson. And the fans react appropriately. Yes, chance after that. Um, and then, you know, he basically said his wife, April, texted him, who's next or what's next? And he's like, I'm going to leave it up to Cincinnati. And then Taz, oh, you know, and then he's like, who's it going to be? Yeah, there were a lot. It was mostly it was, Moxley. It but was just jib jab. Oh, no, you yeah, couldn't oh, really oh, hear oh, no. it, it, it was like the shittiest cut pizza <laughs> pie chart ever. Yeah. You know, like, like there were slices that were like the size of my finger. And then you know, uh, and yeah. then Taz on commentary, if you, you know, if you rewatch it, he's, he basically was like, I've had enough. Give me yeah, a microphone. Give me enough. a microphone. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Taz just clearly had enough and... Punk's basically like, are you seriously interrupting me? And, you know, out of respect, I'll let you speak, but never interrupt me again. And, you know, Taz starts calling him a tough guy, and he's tired of his bullshit. Of his big love love, fest. Yeah, bullshit love fest. And he's like, don't ever mention the members of Team Taz. And then Hobbs and Hook come out, and he's like, yes, you did, in interviews and radio spots. Your ass is everywhere. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. just great Taz shit here. And, you know, he's like, and Punk's basically like, well, because I do respect you. He's like, send Stark, send Hook, send Hobbs. Then he said, beat me if you can, survive if I let you. So, you know, I guess we get our answer here as to what's next. Although Ricky Starks is still, you know, clearly feuding with Cage. As there was another video package that, like, let's fucking see that happen. Because it seems like all we've been getting is video packages. But 
clearly this kind of sets the stage for something to come for CM Punk. Yeah, no, it seems like his sights are set on Starks, you know, ideally. And potentially, yeah. so Punk had, I saw he posted an Instagram story of like a behind the shot of him staring down Hook. So could we get <laughs> Hook versus CM Punk as Hook's debut match? Wouldn't that be something? That would be fun. Like, 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 I think that could be a really good comedy squash match. Mm -hmm. Like, make like the audience think for like a millisecond that Hook like might get the advantage and then just snuffed out. Yeah, like, I feel like that's how that's gonna go. So, I mean, could they do a similar thing with that they kind of did with Hangman in leading up to the match with Cage at Double or Nothing, where he kind of had to go through all the members of Team Taz, yeah. but. I mean, clearly Cage and Starks has to happen first, so he could start with Hook. Yeah. You know, maybe he kind of starts at and the it, bottom and works his well, way well, up. Another thing I saw on Twitter too is Powerhouse Hobbs is, and I guess we're, you know he's coming up next. Yeah, he's ranked number two. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, obviously, hey uh, Stinger, you yeah. remember Powerhouse Hobbs, right? <laughs> well, it's like obviously a lot of his matches are, were won on YouTube, which that's but, why. But, still... but, but 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 like you know th that ranking's there for a reason. So he's got to have some big shot here soon. You know what I have to say though? What? Who gives a fuck about rankings? Give a fuck, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's they're just skewed because all the YouTube stuff. So, yeah. like, until they really prove that it means something, yeah. it doesn't really mean something yeah. to me. Yeah. But you're right. I mean, I mean, th I mean it uh, is an indicator yeah, yeah. that, like, hey, this guy's on the rise yeah. and he's going to be doing and bigger I, stuff. And I feel hopefully. like they're going to have to do a big match with Powerhouse Hobbs here sooner rather than later. Yeah. You know, like, even though this upcoming match I enjoyed. Yeah, you know. that's the thing. Like he had the match with Cage that he lost, and I, you know, he's had a couple others where he's gotten against big opponents and lost. Like I think he wrestled Darby at one point in that era, but you know, and Kingston, similar thing, and Lance Archer for a long time, similar thing until he finally got his big win. And I think Micah and I talked about this a little, but like I would love to see like one or two more just upsets in AEW. Yeah. Like there's just not enough. You know, we've talked about predictability before, and it doesn't bother me, and it certainly doesn't change my enjoyment. And there are, you know, the Lucha Brothers winning last week. I didn't think that was going to happen. So it happens, but, like, on a week-to-week -week dynamite basis, like, I'd love to see a Dante Martin beat a powerhouse Hobbs or, you know, something like that yeah. just to kind of shake things up. I'm digressing here, but anywho... Um, yeah, so, but well, before that match, we did have Ruby Soho mm -hmm. being interviewed by Tony, and of course, interrupted by Britt, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter. Britt says she's going to be irrelevant when she loses to Jamie Hayter later in the night, and I didn't know this, but Ruby kind of went, well, I did, I heard an interview with her, but didn't know it prior to that, how she basically helped Britt break into the industry, and I guess they've been friends for a long time, and... You know, she rattles off all Brit's nicknames, and she's like, that's just to remind everyone of what you're not. It's my block now. And then Brit had a really good line mentioning that, why don't you just run away to catering where you spent the last four years of your life, kind of saying she was a jobber in mm -hmm. WWE, and that Jamie's going to give her a whoop-ass courtesy of the DMD. And then Ruby said, she's going to whoop Tony's girl's ass, but... You know, fun segment to set up that match later, and then ultimately another match on Rampage down the line. Groovy. So then we finally get two powerhouse Hobbs defeating Dante Martin in 8 minutes, 24 seconds. And uh, yeah, we were kind of starting to talk about it, but, you know, 
I think we knew just given the position and the ranking of powerhouse Hobbs that he was going to win here. But how tight would it have been had Dante Martin got the upset? Oh, it would have been like, see, like that would have like solved that problem. Yeah. If they don't want to put Hobbs over like this early this much. Yeah. You know, I think that would have been better. And I mean, it was a good match. It was a big guy beats up on smaller guy thing until like Dante Martin like got in. And, and got to see thing, him yeah. live too, yeah. you know, and jumping around and flying around was awesome. Yes, like, it was. You know, we talked the few weeks ago when he had that tag match you know with the side owls against the elite like this guy's a, probably a future world champion and assuming they're going to keep him going to be a star for a long time because he's 20 and he's going to learn to talk and get character and everything like that but yeah i mean just being in these events live and seeing it with your eyes like it's just such a different element and yeah i mean the kid's going to be a star yes he is um but yeah i mean Hobbs certainly was in control a lot early um, really cool move early on where Dante drop kicked Hob, Hobbs outside and he attempted the tope suicida and Hobbs caught him as he was coming out of the ring and then like launched him into the ring post. Thought that was just really well done. Then he chucked him into the barricade twice before the break. Um, but then Dante started sizzling after the break and, you know, he... He hit that running pump kick, which sent uh, Hobbs to the outside, and then Hook got up on the apron and blocked him. Mm. And then what does Dante do? He flips yeah. over him, and that definitely got the crowd going. Um, and then he ended up hitting two enziguris, and he missed a kick, and then Hobbs just caught him for a huge spine buster for kind of an abrupt win. Um, but I noticed on the rewatch, and again, no way I caught this live, that Hobbs, like, Looked a little dazed and may have like legitimately got his bell rung a bit by right. one of those kicks. And maybe they kind of rushed to the finish a little bit. But yeah, just a, a very fun match. No, yeah, really solid match. Like I said, they let Dante Martin get flippy at the right time after he kind of got beat down. So he got the big pop. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, like kind of went how you, you thought it was going to go. But like the moments of emphasis that they needed to hit, they, they did hit, like you said, with the turnbuckle throw with the Martin flip. You know, they made the most out of the spot they got. Yep, absolutely. Agreed. And then we got our Dan Lambert with Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page. And again, like, I didn't really hear a word of this while we were there other than... Fuck AEW. Yeah, Millennials, Millennial triggered. So, I will say I've largely been on board with this, but I'm starting to get a little tired of it. Me too. I I was going to say, like, (laughs) what is the point? Like, I guess Tony Khan is trying to, like, you know, have this guy just come up and be like, oh, yeah, for, like, five minutes for fun. It's just been the same thing every time he's out here, and it's overstayed its welcome. We need some progression. Yeah, yeah, and now it's, like, every week. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's, like, I don't know. It like, was funny. Now it's just getting old. Well, it's, it's not going anywhere. And it's like, even if he were to go into the ring, even if like he's going to manage Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky. Well, it seems yeah, like yeah. that's happening. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, like, Which is fine. I, I still think it's going to be old in the ring. Like he's got to find a different, like, you it's, know. Yeah, it's got to be something yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's got to find a different gear to be in. Like not something that just is constantly insulting AEW in the audience. Because guess what? You can go on Twitter and like half the people on there are going to say that same shit. Yeah, you know, and it's and it's not like you perhaps know. Perhaps he could find a full gear. Yeah, perhaps. <laughs> no, uh, I'm with you. And uh, tired of it. Tom and I talked about this too. Like Ethan Page and Scorpio Sky, especially Ethan Page. These are guys who don't need a mouthpiece. No, they're both good talkers. Especially Ethan Page. We just saw well, this well, for months. Well, especially someone who's going to rip on people for being short. Because like whenever events. 
whenever we watched, if you recall last week, yeah. whenever he's like, there's never going to be a dwarf. Like, I kind of hate that shit because it's just sort of like, I don't believe that for one second. And Scorpio Sky's like five foot ten. Yeah, yeah. And he's talking about five, sign all these five foot nine guys. So like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. too. I, I, I think I think it's a very uh, you know I say this as like a, a six nothing guy, uh, you know. So like I, I like I feel like it's a very toothless sort of insult, yeah. at least from my perspective. But yeah, well, and it does go back to the Vince thing and what you said about the Daniel Bryan and being a small guy and yeah. Vince traditionally liking the Hulk Hogan's and yeah. Cena's and well, Roman well, well, Reigns. And, but there, there's years of tradition behind that and years of toxic. Yeah. I don't want to talk shit about it. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, like it, it felt very toothless coming from him. So and we he, couldn't he, even hear it. So, yeah, yeah let's, he, he needs to find a different Let's gear. do something different or let's just have Lance Archer come fuck him up. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's clearly what we're headed towards here or else what's the point like someone's right. got to smoke him at some point yeah. so hit watch part two maybe hopefully. we'll come up with a new name for it as we get more and more pissed off hopefully and then uh, kind of random even though this feud has obviously been going on for a little while you know mid-card feud action here where matt hardy's basically talking and again i missed this live had no idea this even happened that matt hardy talks about wanting to shave orange cassidy's head yeah and Orange Cassidy says, whatever. Whatever, yeah. Fine. You know, like, okay, I'm fine with a hair versus hair match. And if it culminates in one of... If Orange gets his head shaved, fine. But but, but the problem is, Orange's hair is not one of his, like, big signifiers. It kind but, of it Like, he plays with his hair but, a lot, but, but, but you're right. But, but, I mean, but C-tier, like, like sunglasses... Um, denim. Well, um, denim, like pockets. Yeah. You know, like there are many You're other right. things above that. But that, I that think, could, yeah, and yeah. Matt Hardy's probably going to lose here. Right. You know, one would think. So they're going to shear it's him. It's just random, but again, at least there's something to it now. They're, they're going to shear him bald. Yeah, bring out Brutus the Barber Beefcake, baby. baby. Yeah, whatever. Um, you know, it's a, it's a fine non-PPV television feud. Whatever. And then we get to, I mean... Probably the moment of the night. Definitely the biggest laughs and reactions from us, I think. Um, you know, all the stuff with the Elite and Cole and Danielson was amazing. And there was some great stuff in the main event, too. But, man. So, MJF. Maxwell Jerkoff Friedman, as he's called later. Comes out with his good buddy Wardlow. And is serenaded by us, the AEW Universe, live in Cincinnati, Ohio. With the you tapped out chance, which yep. was a lot of fun. And then I, I know what he said. What he said? He goes, "Hey, yo, uh, Cincinnati, you know, uh, my opinion of you is pretty low, and uh, you know, uh, in the Midwest, uh, you, you guys are, you know, sometimes are a little slow, and uh, you kind of blow, and uh, and in the Matrix, which is a new trailer released this week, Keanu Reeves said, "Whoa." And, uh, I'm just happy there's no Jericho. And, uh, yeah, and you know Jericho, and he tapped out, and you know I'm him, Jeff. And maybe I'm gonna <laughs> split with Wardlow. <laughs> um, but this was electric from the moment he came out there, and I've rewatched it, and mm. I think you have as well. Yeah. And just a grade A, just shitting and pissing all over Cincinnati, but for a reason. Yeah, yeah, for a re- the most pointed. He's, I think. 
I've heard of him in a long time toward a single city. Cor- I mean, you know, without a doubt. Because he ins- insulted Skyline Chili. He insulted the Reds. He insulted the Midwest in general. Pillman and his whole family. Oh, yeah. The, viciously. Like, like almost to the point where it was over the line. I'll talk about this in yeah. a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he always does the cheap heat thing. It's he said this wasn't because he legitimately felt this way. But, like, yeah, this was clearly another level. And it clearly was to set up. MJF versus Pillman at Arthur Ashe, which is wonderful. And, like, Pillman, local guy, you know, I, we have connections to him, and hopefully we can get him on this show at some point. But it, this this whole show and Rampage, which we'll see lot, tonight on television, but we got to see in the arena, it's kind of the start of a Brian Pillman coming out party. You know, he's obviously been a jobber high graduate, top of his class with Griff Garrison, they're still the tag team, but now he's starting to get this little singles push. And obviously, no disrespect to Griff Garrison. He's still a great worker, but like, I think they're kind of right, giving right, Pillman uh, this edge right, a little bit. Uh, at the right place at the right time. Yeah, and got, you know, yeah, being saying, yeah. in Cincinnati, setting up this angle. I love it. It's awesome. And Pillman did a great job the whole night, both on Dynamite and Rampage. But we digress. Let's just get to this because mm-hmm. it's great. Um so MJF calls us a bunch of pot-bellied pigs. He talks about how he beat Jericho three times and how on Sunday at All Out, he beat him a fourth time. Mm-hmm. However, the match was restarted due to bias against him. Mm-hmm. And there's bias against him because everyone knows that he's better than them. He says, and I love, again, seeing this on TV made you realize like how he was working the camera. And when he caught, said... You're from shit, Cincinnati. Like he does it right to the yeah, camera. Right to the camera. Yeah, he kind of yeah. knows how to veer back. He's very, the... very, very good. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, oh, and then you're googling this is cheap heat, and then he's like, but it's not because I mean it when I say that Cincinnati's the biggest dumpster fire in the Midwest. And then Rich and I were dying about this. I loved it, and even more on the rewatch. He's like, because that's exactly what you are, mid. Skyline Chili, mid. The Reds haven't won the World Series since 1990, mid. Everyone who lives here, mid. Like, just using mid as an insult based on Midwest was just the funniest fucking thing Yeah, you me. never really heard it before either. Me like, neither. Like, 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 like was, I turned was, to Rich, I'm like, is he calling us mid? I'm like, this, it took me a minute to realize yeah. it. And then on the rewatch, I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah, no, really. Just a fun insult that I can't wait to work Oh, yeah, in. really great, because usually, like, you know, you do the, but he called us average. Yeah, just know? fucking mid. Yeah. And just, like, the emphasis that he was hitting it with was great. Uh, yeah, just love it. And then he basically he dares the fans to jump the guardrail so he can beat the crap out of everyone in this podunk town, called us cowards. And then he starts to go after Aunt Linda Pillman and says he's gonna knock her teeth down her throat. <laughs> that accelerated quickly. Yeah. And basically calls Pillman's sister 16 and pregnant and yeah. Roseanne. Yeah, which they gave her the microphone and she, you know, did. Yeah, did yeah. Yeah, that was good. And, you know, she said she was Brian Pillman Sr.'s daughter. And, you know, then MJF is like, well, that ought to explain your vile looks. Mm-hmm. And then she flipped him off. Like, he did not miss a beat. No, he didn't. He, he was... Every he, moment he had, bam. Well, like the, like, the line was, you know, X amount of feet away. And he just slowly <laughs> sauntered his way toward... And like, well, well over it. Yeah, and, and, and well over it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, we get to get to the big pop. Yeah, so nice. then yeah. comes out Brian Pillman in, Jr. In, in his uh, Marvin Lewis era Bengals jersey. Geno <laughs> Atkins Bengals jersey. Oh, I have the same oh, fucking no jersey in have? my fucking room. Well, 97, well, but it's Atkins, obviously. Well, they showed a lot of people in the crowd on the rewatch, and they were wearing the new, like, a little bit better Bengals jerseys yeah. without the drop shadow. Yeah, and we saw the there were a lot of a handful of Pillman '97 jerseys yeah. in the arena, which was cool. But yeah, that was really funny. Um, and yeah, he says the J and MJF stands for jerk off. He comes out hot saying MJF was raised with a silver spoon, but that he comes from a city that breeds badasses like Brian Pillman and John Moxley. You got that right, brother. I'm a badass. No, I'm not. Um, you are. And that he's from the streets of Cincinnati and welcome to the jungle. Cheap pops right there, yeah, baby. Cheap pops and like his intro song. Like, is that typically the varsity? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, uh, definitely. It, 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 it was the great value version of Welcome <laughs> to the Jungle, which like, I'll make this like clear. I fucking hate Guns N' Roses. I think Guns N' Roses sucks across the board. They're not but good. like you, you, you could not sit me down and get like the most convincing person in the world to present the most compelling rhetoric to me to get me to like Guns N' Roses. Well, I can't. We got anyone out there. We got any Guns N' Roses fans out there? Let's get you on the show because I want to make this happen. Yeah, and I won't like you. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, that, rem that rant just reminded me of, man, it's been a long day and I just hate the fucking Eagles. No, oh, yeah. <laughs> From Big Lebowski. Anywho, yeah, that was tight. And then MJF, right back to it. References Pillman's drug-addicted mother, Methany, which her name was Melanie. And... Then that got Pillman into the ring, and of course MJF slides behind Wardlow, yeah. and um, you know <laughs> he takes it even further. And I'm paraphrasing here, but he says something like, "You could have had sixty other generation jet jet jet. You jet, could have had sixty other second generation wrestler siblings, but she forgot to do to you what she did to the other prospects. Swallow. Woo! Wow." And then Pillman charges at MJF. And then this, I think, was very interesting. And I caught it live, but it didn't truly sink in until watching it again. When he basically says to Ward, he's like, Wardlow, will you help me like you did on Sunday? Why don't you stand in the corner and look pretty and kind of fucking shooing Wardlow away? Yeah, yeah, so, away. so, so some more, a little distance. For the first time in a while. Sprinkle distance. For the first time in a while, we get some of that. And then it comes back here very shortly which I think is the biggest telltale sign of them all. So then MJF says if Pillman doesn't get out of the ring, he's going to do to him what his mother should have done 28 years ago. Abort! Yeah, and, and like it, like he was cut off men's sentence. Yeah. You know, which was really... Pillman cool. speared him, he yeah, dropped Pillman, the mic. Yeah, they, they didn't let the thought get all fleshed out, which I think was actually smart of them. Absolutely. Which I guess is going to go back to, to, to my point I want to make here. Um, so obviously Brian Pillman Jr. agreed to, yes. to, 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 yeah, to have him talk about this. But... I can see how somebody in the audience would think this is a bit over the line and of kind of course. cringe at it. Yeah. Like, like, I don't think that's a completely unwarranted reaction. Especially if you the hadn't context. seen or knew of Dark Side of the Ring. Oh, yeah, either, yeah, yeah, Which yeah. I watched, Not the, it was a two-parter, I watched almost all of it. Yeah, so yeah. So it's like, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it was meant to be a bit much, but it was also like, in the sense of, it was really a bit much... Even if it weren't intentionally a bit. Yeah, like you know? wrestling aside, you know, yeah. like this is human shit. Yeah, like yeah. his mom really was addicted to drugs yeah, and, yeah. you know, shit like that. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yeah, but like that's that's wrestling, baby. And anytime you can kind of use real life and turn it up to eleven, you do it. And yeah, yeah, especially obviously- with him. Like you know, like there's like there's only you know. So many people in the world who can turn up to 11 like him, you know? I mean, God, you're right. Just a fucking heat seeker. Yeah. But yeah, and that. so here's what I was going to say about Pillman. He spears MJF, and what does Wardlow do? He turns in the corner. Kind of lets it happen. Lets, for it happen. lets it happen. And then he attacks him, but he gave him five seconds to oh. wail on him, which well, well, I'm like, oh. Well, then whenever Wardlow comes at him and then Pillman dodges him, and then Pillman goes to kick him in the other yep. buckle, also a slow turnaround. Yep, yeah, he took you his know? time. Yeah. And then Griff Garrison comes out, and he gets fucking smoked yeah. by a clothesline by Wardlow. Um, and then MJF hit him with the dynamite diamond ring. But yeah, like coming off rewatching that, like obviously all the MJF shit was gold and Pillman crushed it and did a great job. But like I come out with like getting intrigued by Wardlow. Because yeah. like, you know, I've not been shy about talking about how much I, he needs to be used more and this guy's a fucking talent and he's great. And we know this split is going to be coming at some point. Yeah. I'm ready for the chains to be let off. Yeah, no, the, 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 there were um, um, parallel plot lines here. Mm. You know, PPs. PPs. Yeah. Parallel plot lines, but not in a plot match. No, no, no. We didn't watch any plot matches, do we? Well, no, I don't not, think so. Not even the bullshit matches one. And then uh, we had a classic Moxley. I don't even remember where he was, and we probably didn't even hear it live, but just talking about Suzuki, that he's in the jungle and he's going to die. Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, he's going to die. Um. Oh, no. Yeah, he didn't die. No, no, he lived. But uh, and I'm gonna express some frustrations here when we get to the end. But uh, hey, uh, then we had Destination Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Soho defeating Jamie Hader in 7:27. That's all I got. Uh, yeah. So Jamie Hader, weirdly enough, I've seen it three of the four live dynamites I've been to, and I think she's only been on dynamite like five times, right. just random. Um, good worker, good wrestler. She's clearly serving the rebel purpose of right. like just jobbing out to Brit's opponents, but she's just better than rebel and can be more credible. Um, so again, I'd like to see her get some W's against other competitions. So, but this was a, a you know, similar to the opener, just a, in really the first few matches, like we didn't, I'll save my thoughts on the main event, but like all these matches were solid and served the purpose and were entertaining for the live crowd. Um, and you know, we got some hater work in the beginning of then Ruby really turned it on, you know, after the break with her kicks. And her kind of riot kick where she grabs the arm and kicks up as the yeah. finisher is a cool move. And again, I call it the riot kick because that's what it was in WWE. I don't think they have a name for it the yet. Soho slap. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get some fucking names on these moves. Um, but yeah, I was always a Ruby fan when she was in WWE. And I'm happy she's here. And uh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, no, it was a you know pretty you know solid match. Standard match. Yeah, yeah. St- standard match. Um, you know, kind of like... I guess this is probably the closest we could have gotten to a plot match because yeah, it's simply so. advancing Correct. Uh, Ruby Soho toward her ultimate match with Britt Baker Correct. and the kind of the which post- we don't know when that is yet. Yeah, I assume it's going to be on some sort of a dynamite. Arthur Ashe, Arthur perhaps. Ashe possibly. Yeah. And yes, you were about to say the post match. Yeah, the post match brought Riho out, which was exciting. Yeah, was Very fun. cool to see her, even though she got taken out pretty quickly, and then Statlander out with the chair. Um, so yeah, that ended up setting up a match for Rampage later in the evening, which we'll see tonight on television. 
And yeah, then we get the aforementioned Ricky Starks cage video package. Again, don't remember what they said, and I'm just tired of this. It seems like every week with these two, it's like a one-minute video package. We had the one thing in the ring with them a few weeks ago that was very rushed. Yeah, and like... It's not like Cage didn't take the belt off of Starks, even though this belt is kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of a whack belt. But it's like, they've just been doing this, it seems like, for a month, where they have these video packages. Like, let's just have the fucking match. Let's just do that, and let's, like, let Cage go do something. Because that's what we're going towards. Yes, let's let Cage move on, and let's let Starks CM Punk will be fucking great if that happens. So, yeah, let... I want to see the match again, but, yeah, let's get to it. Get it done. Get past it. Four for board. Yes. Girl, girl. And uh, then we had a match that wasn't announced before the evening. And before we get to it, we had a uh, Dark Order promo of them arguing, kind of continuing that since Hangman has left. You know, they've kind of been in disarray. And they're arguing, and Anna Jay basically tells them to calm down that they're a family and figure it out. Which led to the pinnacle of... FTR and Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard and Wardlow, I don't even remember being out there, defeating the Dark Order of Evil Uno, John Silver, and Stu Grayson with Colt Cabana 5 and 10 in 4 minutes 49 seconds. And uh, this was a lot of fun for an under 5 minute match. And, you know, we didn't expect this or to see these guys. So it was really cool seeing John Silver run around and do hungry things. Fun to cheer for him. Um, another indication, I guess, that Cash Wheeler is okay. You know, there's these rumors about the elbow injury and that that match against Santana and Ortiz a few weeks ago was like going to be their last, but he's back here and seemingly okay. So that's awesome because I was getting a little worried about that. But obviously the story here is the Dark Order dissension, which, um was pretty prominent within the match. I think Silver was kind of hesitant to tag beef Stu Grayson at one point. And, you know, Silver was obviously the star of the show here, doing his Johnny Hungy things. He fought off all three of them at one point, doing his running kicks and German suplexes, and he eventually got caught with a slingshot suplex and a Death Valley driver for Spears. And then, after the match, we get it. The, I mean, I'm not going to say breakup, but a legitimate fight with, uh, oh, and I want to mention Silver got thrown into Evil Uno, who was on the apron, who got knocked down. Right. So Uno is in Silver's face, and then all of a sudden, Beef Grayson just fucking clocks Silver. And then 5, 10, and Colt Cabana yeah, and come it's in. it's going and, all over the place. Anna Jay and, uh, and then, yes, Conti came out. It leads to that, and they're yeah. just very upset. They're very, very, very upset. <laughs> but held back, but, yeah. like, you could just see it on their face. Yeah, restrained. Like, yeah, on, yeah, very contained, very upset, which, like, um, you know, I was reading TJR to, um, in prep for this. Yeah. And um, Ian mentioned something about Bray Wyatt or a Uniter coming in. Yeah. And it's like, well, if Hangman ain't coming back for a while, you know, like, yeah. like, 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 I think, like, with, like, with the plot, with, um, with them being at this point uh, right now, I think that's very plausible. Like, yeah. someone coming in from the outside and sort of taking the reins on the Dark Order and, like, is it too early with uh, Brody Lee's passing? Uh, you know, like, 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 what do we do with this? You so know? the thing is, if anyone, it's Bray because he led the Wyatt family that Brody was a part right, of. You of know, course. like that's why these parallels have been drawn, and just the fact of the gimmick alone being kind of the dark, ominous that Bray Wyatt always was. I don't want to see it personally. One, I think Hangman already is that person. Mm-hmm. While he hasn't been anointed the leader, you know, I think that five on five elimination was like he's a part of this group. 
he's away right now. And I think what's going on is obviously a byproduct of him being away. Right. And they need him to come back. Like, it wouldn't, to me, it wouldn't make sense to bring in Bray Wyatt to clean this up. Because that's Hangman's role. You know, he's the one who left and they're a mess. Mm-hmm. He needs to come back and bring them together. And they need to reunite and now I guess Kenny's going to beat Brian Danielson at full gear, and then Hangman's going to eventually beat him. I guess. I don't yeah. know. That's a subject for a different day. But I, it has to be Hangman. Yeah. And I've said it before, like, again, we've added Danielson and Cole and Punk and all the Malachi Black and Andrade, and it is enough. Am I going to get upset if Bray Wyatt joins AEW? Fuck no. It'd be great. But they don't necessarily need him. And companies like Ring of Honor, Impact, be great to see him there. Yeah. Anywho, I digress again. I think it's just got to be Hangman when... It, like, the thing with Hangman is just no one knows what's going on, yeah. truthfully. Like, Tom brought up the point... <clears throat> like, a lot of people initially thought she was due... His wife was due with the child in November. So it's like, could there be complications of the pregnancy? I don't want to speculate. But what we don't know when he's coming back. But I just have to feel like that this story still revolves around him and yeah, they need that, him that, that, to bring that, that, them he, together. He's the ultimate goal. Yeah. And that he still it like he still has to. And I will be a little upset if like maybe they, they can introduce a surrogate but fraudulent leader. You know? Yeah, uh, I mean, I think they're going to kind of be fractured for a little while. It just, we just don't know when Hangman's coming back. And if I had to guess right now, it won't be till after Full Gear. Yeah. Because we'll get there, but it seems like we'll probably get Danielson Kenny at full gear. Which, again, I don't want to get too much into it now. And I love Brian Danielson to death, and I obviously love Kenny. But it has to be Hangman that beats him for that title. It just has to be. Yeah, it has to be. Whenever, wherever. I've always been on record of Revolution 2022, but thinking he would lose his first shot. We've talked enough about it all, so... I don't know. I, you know, it's like conflicting of like, I'd love to see Danielson win the AEW title, but just not yet. And it would just really take away from a lot of what they've been building for the first three years of the company if they did that. So, again, that's a different talk for a different day. But it's all, this is all great. It's exciting. And, uh, yeah, it's sad to see the Dark Order like this. It but it, you know, it all makes sense in the scope of things. And it's, I'm curious to see how it all shakes out here. And then we had Tully Mordu with Tony uh, after that match saying, what you just watched is leadership, which I love. And he calls out both Sting and Darby and saying he wants to see Spears versus Darby one more time and then that he himself will also face off with Sting one more time. So... Um, could we, I mean, I'm, I imagine I mean, that, that'd be the biggest plot match. Of them I all. can't wait. Yeah. I mean, in the one time we saw Tully in the, it was what Tully and FTR against Jurassic Express. Yeah, I yeah. think when they kidnapped Marcos, yeah. he looked all right. I yeah, mean, no, for being like 67, no, or, he'd be fine. If Jericho like came in, like and interfered in that, yeah. like that would be this, <laughs> the um, geriatric match. Oh yeah, man. That would be, um, who's the, the Sancho Panza in a, uh, in a uh, Don Quixote. Oh, I think that's, I don't remember. Sancho Panza. Yeah. No, that would be like whenever he sees the windmills and he thinks they're um, knights or something. I, I forget what it is. Anyways, ignore me. But yeah, maybe we'll get uh, Spears and Tully versus Darby and Sting. Yeah. Whatever, it might be fun. So then we had Pillman and Garrison in the trainer's room with Mavez, and it led to Pillman challenging MJF for the match at Arthur Ashe, which is great, as we talked about. 
And then those bastards are really just Max Caster. But the acclaimed show up. I guess Caster's off of suspension now for being a prick. Um, show up with flowers, and Caster says he's gonna pay. He's gonna face Pillman on Rampage, which we'll see tonight. Exciting. Yeah. And then we get to another great moment uh, where Tony. Oh, this was actually amazing. No, I, 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 yeah. Getting ready to introduce the elite and calls MJF a prick <laughs> with the microphone in the ring before the match. Fucking great. And calls Cincinnati one of the great wrestling cities in the world, which it's not. But thank you, Tony. I just love that in ring you just called him a prick. Yeah. And I didn't even catch that live either. Like. Yeah. Uh, Tony Schiavone fucking Just very rules. off the cuff. He rules. So they come out, and Callis, of course, takes the microphone. And so the Pro Wrestling Illustrated PWI yeah, 500 came out this week, and Kenny Omega was in one, and Roman Which, Reigns was should, number should, two. Should we talk about your feelings about that at all? I mean, like, yeah, I was like, going to say. Yeah, so like one, I haven't yeah. read enough about it. And honestly, I haven't even looked at the list. I've yeah. just read enough about it and knowing that those two are one and two. But I guess, you know, starting off. I've got um, some thoughts. Yeah. Um, but I just don't know the time period because clearly it's not. All, I was thinking that when I was driving. It's not all of 2021. So if I'm guessing, maybe like August to August. Yeah, yeah. Which, that, that, that's what I was wondering. So again, like here, yeah. Shingo Takagi, without a fucking doubt, in ring alone, in my mind, and I think in the mind of any who have watched enough of him, is the best wrestler in the world this year. And would you put Roman above Kenny? So that's a tough. It's a tough question. Um. <sighs> Earlier, like, I think Micah asked us, like, at the midpoint of the year, like, who who would I pick between those two? And I think I leaned towards Roman. Yeah, no, like, no, I believe you also he, said that to me in private. He was a having bit. a lot of really good matches. And he's had an incredible year, and I'm not even following that company as closely. But, like, what he has done has been so impressive. And he has had quality matches month after month after month. And, um, and like, yeah, but, I mean, like, like looking at the, and like, just from my sample size, like, Booby number three. Yeah. So a lot, I feel four, like yeah. some of it's got to be, like, kayfabed to some degree. You know, it's and, like how many big matches you're in and things like well, that. Well, even Mox at number six. Yeah. Like, he lost the title in 2020, which yeah. I guess, like, but, So the thing window. is, he carried the company all of 2020. Yeah, but, 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 but I feel like if these rankings came out, like, at this time last year, that's, he belongs, like, way up there. Like, this year, like... But I'm you know. guessing they're counting like his second half of 2020. Probably. You know, that's the thing. I just don't know enough about it. But like the fact that Shingo is seven. I mean, no, come he's on. nine. 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 <laughs> Below Finn Balor, who who's, who hasn't wrestled a whole lot. Like, but he know. was in NXT a lot yeah. and carried them for a while through the pandemic. Osprey at seven. And who then, should uh, be in there? I mean, I'll come up with my own fucking list. But I definitely don't think Booby Lashley. <laughs> Three. <laughs> I think that's more of a, like a lifetime no, achievement it, type it, thing. If this He's were, had a hell of a year. If this were CMT's top country artist <laughs> year, this, this would be a um, anyway, Yeah, sorry. But yeah, yeah, we'll come up with the BBB 500, motherfuckers. But yeah, Shingo Takagi's the best wrestler in the world, and it's not even close. Anywho. Uh, but Callus <laughs> says the fans voted him number one, which it's not a fan vote anyway, which yeah. is great. Um, and at All Out, he proved why he's the greatest wrestler in the history of the business. 
And the Young Bucks had the greatest tag team match in the history of the world. Even though they lost. And they, but they've got a plan to get the titles back. And also, let's talk about what he was wearing a little bit. The blue yeah, powder, the powder blue. blue. But he also like had like you know his shirt all the way unbuttoned. Yeah. You know. Yeah, just greasy. Yeah. And then speaking of greasy, then Nick Jackson with the earring tied to the nose ring. I mean, that guy is just epitomizing grease, and I love it. Like, he is definitely the funnier. He's just the better of the two bucks overall, without a doubt. Uh, but he said they got their best friend back, Adam Cole, baby. And then it's all about the boom. And just seeing this guy in person was fucking tight, too. And, and, and like, he got a big old pop. And, and our, my buddy Jared, who was with us, is a big Adam Cole fan. And, like, has always been more of a WWE NXT guy. And is now, like, fully converted to AEW with Cole and Danielson coming. So I love that. But he was all fired up. He was going nuts. And yeah, it's just like fucking cool to see them not only in AEW, but just in person and just be a part of that crowd reaction and do the Adam Cole, baby! Like, it's just awesome shit. I'm getting goosebumps right now. It was, and like a lot of this was teed up really well, which I have another thing to say about that here later, but let's continue. Yeah, this was all very well done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, who's ready for story time with Adam Cole, baby? And he goes... I'm- Right after Tony Schiavone. Oh my! Oh my God! So he was like, "Hey, oh no, I'm not. I don't do that." He, he said, but, but, "I he, think I've got the quote." He he says, "I know you're really close with Britt Baker, and I swear to God, if you even look at her the wrong way, I will slap those glasses off your face and whoop your ass. Do you understand me?" Whoop. Yeah. And then he kept calling him a nerd, nerd. Yeah, which, which I great. loved. Yeah. Like, here's what I love about this too. Like, I've always thought it's really hilarious when guys are like. And it's just like, bitch, like <laughs> Britt Baker, like is a fucking like women champion. Like if she wanted to be Tony's and know, a dentist and, and a dentist, like she could with surgical <laughs> precision, with orthodontical <laughs> precision, mind you. But like, yeah, like step down, nerd. I, I, I know, like, like it, it, no, good, good heel stuff. Yeah, like, like, like it, it, it bugged me. I was just like, ah, stop, like being see, all I, puffy chested about your girlfriend. She can fucking fight for herself. See, I loved yeah. it because I think it was just let's establish him as a fucking. Heel oh yeah, yeah. See, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I, and I, just I, I the like nerd that. thing geeked me because he kept doing it, nerd. Step down, nerd. Get out of the ring, nerd. I don't know. That and the mid thing to me were both just really, really fucking funny. Uh, And then Mr. Bebe says AEW is the greatest pro wrestling company in the world because of the elite. I mean, it is the greatest, but not solely because of them. And he's been elite for a long time. If you hadn't heard, for nearly 14 years, he's main evented in one world championships. Also, if you hadn't heard, the Bucks are the greatest tag team of all time. And if you hadn't heard, Kenny is a once-in-a-lifetime pro wrestler, and the AEW title proves that. And if you hadn't heard, we should be thanking Kenny and the Young Bucks, because now the Elite is complete, baby. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And next week, he makes his in-ring debut, which Jared actually predicted, which we'll get to. Uh, awesome stuff. Adam Cole's a star. He's great. I actually watched like four Adam Cole matches this week, which was tight. Um, and then Kenny gets the mic and CM Punk isn't the only one who likes to be interrupted because Kenny says he despises interruptions 
And at the pay-per-view, they were un so unceremoniously interrupted. And again, yeah. they're interrupted by the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. And it was so much fun doing that. Yes. 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 Like, I, yes. I, I was waiting for that all night. Yeah. You and know? we got to do it in Milwaukee yeah. just based on CM Punk mentioning but, 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 him, but, but, which but, was cool. But being able to blow the load. Yes. You know. Was yeah, amazing. Yeah, it was good. And, um, okay, I'll have, I'll have one thing to say about this. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, here's one thing I noticed based on that, how wrestling kind of its own sort of spin on narrative like you've done this twice now you've done like you know kenny being like like or someone in the elite being like who will ever come out and beat me yeah. or who will ever interrupt me boom yeah and they do it twice just because everyone gets a rise out of it because it's all about appeasing the crowd yes and they're gonna do it again yeah you know and they're gonna do it again. and so like normally i would think in a narrative sense like oh you've done it twice you need to stop but it's like yeah, we're going to melt that. The yeah. live element of yeah, it, yeah, you the, know? The, 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 the crowd I, yeah. participation is such a big thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so the, that and that's what fuels those narrative you choices, You kind of have I to thought. pander to it. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and like pander, like, you know, like... To, like to the, some degree. Yeah, well, well, well I, I don't want to think it, it's a pejorative because people are getting a lot out of it. Absolutely. Like, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Abs it. No even doubt. Though, even though I knew what was coming. P pander's the yeah. wrong word, but play into it. Play How into it, that? yeah, yeah. So, like, kind of like the way I kind of look at narrative with, you know, wrestling and stuff, like... That's something you do. That's a choice you kind of continue to make versus being like, well, we did it once, we did a choice, let's not do it. They've anymore. been doing it with CM Punk every week, too. I mean, yeah. pretty much every time since he debuted, they've trotted him so, out there with a microphone. So, so you just got to find a, a, like, you know, a 1A and 1B and 1C way of doing and it. And they're both words. just so new and they're both legitimate fucking superstars that they just need to kind of have the time to establish them well, in and, AEW. Well, and I'm glad people in Chicago got that last week. I'm glad we got it. I hope people in, what is it, New Jersey? Yeah. You know, it's like, you I know. I mean, yeah, the yeah. fact that we got to see Punk twice in three weeks, like I said, is insane. Yeah, no, I, I think like... That was a moment that made me understand sort of narrative choices in wrestling in a different way. Yeah, love it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, I know I've been very open about, like, from 2009 to 2013, like, Punk was my guy. He left, and then mm -hmm. Danielson was my guy. So it's like, these were literally my two favorite wrestlers yeah. of the last decade. And New Japan here. and everything aside, because, like, once I got into all that, like, that's just a whole different arena, and I love that shit so much, but... Yeah, it's just really fucking cool to have him here. So, uh, hey, and uh, Danielson, you know, he comes out in his white tee, and Kenny asks everyone else to clear the ring so he can talk to their new guest. And Danielson takes the mic right away and asks if we want to see him fight Kenny Omega. And what do we say? Yes! Yes! Yes, yes of course we do. See, see. <laughs> We. Which just happened before. Oh, oh, really? Alberto oh. Del Rio did the C when oh, really? he was in a feud with... Oh, I, I, I really yeah. like to do... Because um, in France, it would be we. Yeah. And what would it be in China or Japan? Hi. 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 That's Japan, oh, at least. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Let's get... Hi. <laughs> um, and then he's like, Kenny claims he's the greatest wrestler ever and nobody's on his level, but... Kenny is afraid because he knows I'm better than him. I will kick his head in and he is not on my level. And then Kenny attacked him and Danielson quickly got him down into the yes lock, but even quicker broken up by the elite. And then, of course, out comes Jurassic Express and Christian. And they scuffle and fuck him up and get him out of the ring. And I actually didn't notice this at first, but Kazarian came out and he was the one who kicked Cole out oh, of the so, ring. So that'll probably be his which first is, match. It is. They announced it, which is what right. prompted Jared to make that prediction. He's like, I bet that's the match next week. 
And then um, one of my favorite parts is Cutler was the yeah, last just person. Surrounded, yeah. Well, like, whenever um, the uh, elite came out to support Kenny, like like Cutler came up, and yeah. just like started, like he was he was the first person yeah. to Danielson. He's fucking you know? tight. Yeah. Cutler rules, and yeah, he got hammered by the running knee. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, if I had to guess, um, four on four match at Arthur Ashe. Yeah. Uh, Kenny Cole and the Young and, and Bucks. How many weeks away is Arthur Ashe? The twenty second. So, that's so two, like two three. Yeah, not many. Yeah. Less so, than two from so, today. So, so does that show have a name? I wrestle is no. I was gonna say wrestle Grand Slam, but that's all the New Japan stuff. I don't it, think it, 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 I, I, I won't imagine it would. I would guess it'll know, get yeah. one. But yeah, if I had to guess, we'll get that four-on-four match there. And then shortly after, we get another announced match. Cody versus Malachi Black. Kind of out of the blue, we get that match announcement. Um, Okay, Uh, I just hope we see a more legitimate match here. And I hope we see Malachi Black win again. Yeah, I hope they don't like have like... Because like Cody is just kind of here just to... like Like the best purpose he can serve is to put people over, in my opinion. Yeah. I, and uh, yeah, I don't know where they're headed with him like after this either. No. Uh, I would still love a heel turn, but it doesn't look like that's gonna come. But that'd be. Although I did notice he posted on Instagram unprompted the other day a Stardust picture, right. which was his gimmick in WWE where he was Gold Dust brother, yeah. face paint that like got over a lot early and then just got stale. So that was interesting. But uh, yeah, just let Malachi kick his fucking head off and let's get over it. And, uh, yeah, so, uh, let's head into the main event where I've got some thoughts in which the hometown hero, John Moxley, defeats the king, Minoru Suzuki, in only eight minutes and eight seconds. And for the viewers on TV, it was much less than Like that. five minutes. Because, because that, a commercial smack dab be, be, in the middle of be, it. Because, like, you know, l- let's be kind of a little meta here. We had fun with the world-famous restaurant quality picture in picture, but now it's a goddamn movie. Which nuisance. we got one on this. I rewatched yeah, it, yeah, and he did restaurant quality he, on this one, which no, I thought was interesting. Well, now it's not even fun. Like, now, like, that used to be, like, a, a point of humor for us, and now I'm just, like... It's an issue. It well, is just an issue, these commercial... Yeah. We've talked about it. Just poorly timed commercial breaks uh-huh. it's like fucking structure your show so you can have 12 uninterrupted minutes at the end just like you do in the beginning like yeah. they never have a commercial in the first match shouldn't it be the main event that doesn't get a commercial yeah. especially when it's your hometown guy against a fucking legend making his debut which, in your company which for us like we didn't have to experience that you know? But so what we did experience that burns me more than anything, and I didn't make a big fuss about it live because no one else really knew, but if you recall what I mentioned in our car ride earlier about his song and the whole Kaze Ninare, they cut it off. Really? Before we could, and only one other time has that ever happened in the history of Minoru Suzuki and that song, and that was in DDT Wrestling in Japan in 2017. Yeah, they fucking cut it off before he even got to the ring. I was, like, so blown away I couldn't even react. I think I turned to Tom. I'm like, did they really just stop his music? Because, literally, I was listening to that song five times throughout the day and was so excited. And, like, that was a moment that I was really, really excited for and got pulled away. And it makes you think. It's like... Could they have trimmed two minutes off the first match? And then some of that CM Punk stuff took a lot. Mm-hmm. And the, they could have made it. They could have given it 30 fucking seconds to get this Legends moment of this song that 
at least a fraction of the audience in there and a lot of people at home care a lot about. Like, I've seen so much Twitter backlash yeah. about cutting his song off before this. And, like, I, it was a big thing. Like, I was really looking forward to it. However, all that aside, it was still so fucking awesome to see Suzuki in person. And, like, I was full of goosebumps when he came out and, like... Rewatching it on TV was cool because you did get to see the sadistic Suzuki Suzuki laugh, and I still don't know how he got busted open. And oh yeah, badly. Man. Another thing, like at the end, the show or the match ended at nine fifty seven, and I remember looking at my phone. I'm like, someone's got to come out, but then no, it was just Moxie walking around the crowd. Yeah, for so you three would have thought like I'd rather had a promo, like yeah, like, yeah, which we got at the end of the night after Rampage with him and Pillman, like for the live crowd only. But yeah, it's like. He just, and again, he's hometown, but all he did was just walk around. It looked like he was trying to fill time, so I did hear that, like, they perhaps could have stopped the match early due to Suzuki's cut. Because, like, they could have gone two more minutes, and he still could have walked through the crowd and had a minute to do that. Yeah. Like, even rewatching him, I'm like, this is a really long time. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the format of the show, the timing, the commercials, cutting off his song, commercial right in the middle of an eight-minute match... All bullshit. You should be happy about that, Bishop. But, again, it was still amazing to see him live. And for the time they got, it was awesome. It was you know, slappy. They, they beat the shit out of each very, other. It was a very slappy Yeah, match. the elbows, the slaps. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Suzuki got, you know, his choke in a couple times. Pump kicks. Uh, yeah, Suzuki doing his... <laughs> after he just gets hammered a lot. Like, I love that guy. Um... You know, they did the multiple headbutts. I think they headbutted each other three times in a row. They bit each other's faces. They were slugging it out on the knees. Then they got up. And, uh, yeah. And then Moxley, I think, protecting Suzuki because he is, like, 52 and doesn't really take many bumps. Like, both of his paradigm shifts were pretty weak. Like, yeah. the first one, he kind of took him down pretty fast. And the second one was almost, like, more of a suplex. But... You know, again, he's an old man, and that's why his matches are kind of like that, more just stand-up punching, because yeah. he just can't really take those bumps anymore. Mm -hmm. But again, all my rant before this aside, like, it was such a cool thing seeing Minoru Suzuki against John Moxley in Cincinnati. You know, I had much higher expectations because of their match in New Japan that we'll definitely have to watch. Yeah. Um, but this was still awesome and such a highlight of a night that was full of highlights. And again, it wasn't the best in-ring quality show like Milwaukee, but just the moments we got were so great. And like, I just can't say enough, like being at these shows is just like the best things in my life. Yeah, you man, know, it's, it's just it's like nice to be able the to be coolest there. fucking shit. Yeah. yeah. And I think we're probably going to go to Indianapolis in a couple of months. We'll figure that out. But, uh. Yeah, what a night, and uh, we definitely got our uh, banger of a match like in Milwaukee on Rampage with Pac and Andrade, which we'll be talking about here in just a bit. But uh, one thing I want to note quickly is right after Moxley won, there was toilet paper thrown yeah, in the I saw ring, that, yeah. Which I love because me and my brother as kids religiously would watch this VHS tape called Wired or called Wire to Wire about the 1990 Reds oh. mid-World Series. And I think it's at the end of game two of the World Series against the A's at home. Um, 
I think it was Larkin hit a double scoring Joe Oliver and someone fucking trucked a toilet paper roll on the field and like we were kids and watched this. And somebody brought one. Yeah, and just always love that. And just the fact that in Cincinnati someone chucked a toilet paper roll in the ring, I'd like to think it was the same person who was at the World Series 30 years ago. That would be unbelievable. (laughs) Um, But um, you've now been to two shows in three weeks, you know. What you just? What you think of the just what the live experience of AEW? And this one is a little different because we were ten deep with dudes. Oh yeah, this. yeah, and, and I and I was ten deep with beers. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah you uh, were a little little more drunk this time, yeah, I'd say. Touch, uh, but uh, no, I mean like being a part of the crowd is a lot of fun. You know, outside of stuff that I noted that I noted last time, laugh time last time. Uh, no, I mean like it's just it, it like it's fun being a part of that crowd that gets um pl- that 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 gets kind of played that gets kind of you know I don't use the word pandered to because we talked about yeah. it earlier but everyone's in it together yeah yeah it, it it's good being a part of it it's good being that in what they call in football like a twelve man it was cool yeah yeah yep well hey uh, I guess we'll uh, talk about some rampage then. Yeah, uh, certainly didn't see that coming, and uh, yeah, that was not ideal. No, uh, I mean, I guess we just don't worry about it, not think about it. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, because it finally seemed like it was getting to the place where we wanted it. Um, It is is what it is. It is what it is, and here's the remote, and let's not think about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's all good. We'll we'll get past it. I mean, like, especially if I AEW Rampage Friday night, September 10th. It literally just went off the air minutes ago. But it happened 48 hours ago. (laughs) And we were there. And uh, yeah, this was just, you know, a very fun little show that was obviously highlighted by the opening match between Pac and Andrade. Which is kind of what they've been doing, it seems Yeah, like. like you mentioned it while we were watching this, like they've pretty much opened with their big, the big matches have opened. Yeah, which, they, it, well, and you talked that it comes after SmackDown and stuff, they want to kind of keep you hooked. Yeah, it makes you sense. You know, instead of waiting through a show with an undercard. And, and like whatnot. when we were in Milwaukee, very similarly with... Jurassic Express versus Lucha Bros, which blew the roof off the place. And I said at the time after Pac and Andrade, I'm like, ooh, that might have been better. Pac Andrade might have been better. After rewatching it, I think I like the Lucha Bros Jurassic Express a little bit more, but they were both just amazing matches and both match of the night for when we were at these yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah, and both collectively. Like, started with the bang. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, they. Got going pretty well. It actually took a second for him to really get going, uh, but then Andrade hit that big corkscrew plancha on the outside, and then before the commercial, kind of had Pack where he was dangling on the outside, oh, yeah, like yeah. grabbing his arm, and that double stump. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. The You've head seen stomp. him do that yeah. against Gargano and Black, but like I liked how he had to like really get control of his arm before mm-hmm. he really hit it. Go into commercial, come back, he hits that nice split-legged moonsault, which Taz remarked remind a lot of Rob Van Dam, ECW legend. Um, and then pocket that spinning Hurricane Rana counter, and then they just kind of exchange no-selling strikes. A pump kick by Pack, clothesline by Andrade, another kick by Pack, and... 
yeah, it was wild um, and just really fun to be in there for that. And just the crowd was going nuts again because it was just the as good as, you know, Mox Suzuki was a lot of fun. But this was clearly the match of the night and the crowd was into it. And Pac hit that big 450 splash, which Andrade got the rope break. Um, and then Pac hit that snap German and that overhead belly to belly throw in the corner, which was intense. Um, and then he flipped over into the crucifix and then had Andrade into the brutalizer. And then we see that guy in the suit who's always been with Andrade. We didn't know his name. This guy comes out with a friggin' taser. Yeah, Jose. We learn his name, Jose. And yeah, being in there and you hear that buzz, it's like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah, and then that was random but kind of tight. And then the Lucha Bros took him out. And then Chavo slides in the back and... It's packed with what appeared to be an iPad, which uh-huh. it was. And a small one. Not a Microsoft yeah, yeah. Surface. <laughs> it was not, a sm- ne- not nearly as dense. It was a small one. And that was enough for Andrade to get the one, two, three uh-huh. in a great, great match. But that was not all. No. Um, interestingly enough. Lucha Bros can- have been out before. Like, you know, yeah. the match was over. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they yeah, out. they took Jose out. And then, like, it was almost like Jose was telling Andrade what happened. And then he hugged Chavo, and then he clocked him. And I don't think anyone saw that coming. No. And pretty random. Um, and it was because Chavo interfered, right? Like well, Chavo helped him win, win. though. Yeah, was yeah, the yeah. Thi- It's like yeah. Andrade didn't realize that, but yet you're getting submitted by the Brutalizer. What'd you think happened? Yeah, yeah. You know, you're, and now you're mad that your guy helped you win. Yeah, yeah. So I'm curious, like, if it was some sort of just like a, a pre-planned betrayal, or if it's like sort of like whenever Cena chased Vince down. You know, whenever yeah. Cena told Vince, "Hey, stop it! Hey, yo, Vince!" Uh, I don't stop, think it know. was that because yeah. he like he would have lost the match. Yeah. So you know, people have speculated: Is this going to bring Ric Flair in as Andrade's manager? Could very well be possible. I mean, can can he do? Is he still signed with WWE? No, that was that happened like a month or so oh, ago. Gotcha. He got released. Yeah. So he asked for it. So that's why he showed up in Mexico mm-hmm. with Andrade in that match. So. Yeah, I think it's going to happen. I mean, Tony Khan said Ric Flair is his favorite wrestler of all time, so I'm guessing it's going to happen, and it'll probably be pretty tight. But also the Lucha Bros double super kick Chavo, and Pac hit him with the Brutalizer, and Pac was very upset. No, he was not happy. Awesome, awesome match. Great opener. And, uh, then we get Darby and Sting with uh, Tony Schiavone. Where Darby calls Spears a generic piece of shit who's yeah. absolutely nothing without Tully. And then we get, uh, so we mentioned some pandering earlier. Yeah, yeah. This from Sting here was pandering, but it was hilarious. It was. Well, it was like the most bread and butter thing you get from Sting. He gets the microphone and he goes, woo! Woo! And he's like, great to be back, Cincinnati. Cincinnati! Yeah, you know, like he's, you know. Like, or like he's like playing a concert or something. Yeah, and that, you yeah. know, the whole thing was about riding on coattails is yeah, what yeah, Tully yeah. was saying or whatever. And he says, Tully, you've been riding on Slick Rick and Orange coattails. And, you know, they were talking about maybe this face-to-face. And he's like, well, why wait? Let's do it right now in Cincy. In Cincy. And just had a really dumb, silly look on his yeah, face. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, a real yeah. corny smile. Well, 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 and everyone knew it wasn't going to happen, but he tried to like sell it. Like, <laughs> in Cincy. It sounded a little like circus-y, too. And he kind of had like a nice tilt to his head. In Cincy. 
see. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then that brings Tully out, who's like, you've always liked the numbers game, Sting. And then Spears attacks Darby from behind, hits him with the Death Valley driver. Like, be a little bit more aware as one of your guys gets taken down. Way to go, Sean. Just like we planned it. Yeah. Yeah. Just All like, right. Just, just like we planned you it. know, adding fuel to that that we just talked about. And, that, and that's next so, week, right? Yeah, those two will be facing off next week and should be a good match. But Darby will win, I'm sure. But, it, you know, mm-hmm. even if we get like a not clean Sean Spears win, like mm-hmm. that would be cool. But, hey, here we go. Yeah. And then we had uh, some cool video packages of Adam Cole and Danielson. Um, Just Adam Cole was talking about the elite brotherhood and how he trusts Kenny and the Young Bucks with his life and vice versa. Didn't they kill him? And uh, Yeah, they did. I think it was Kenny who ultimately had poisoned his monster energy drink. Yeah. So, yeah, they had the seance on being the elite, and he he came back. It was pretty cool. Yeah. and he says he's going to wipe... He gives credit to Danielson and Christian, but says he's going to wipe the floor with Danielson. And Danielson, I liked his, you know, he's like, I'm only going after one member of the elite. And he's like, I want to see how good Kenny is. He's like, I just want to wrestle. And he's talking about how hungry the locker room is. And he's like, I'm here. I'm game. Let's go. So yeah, let's go. Pretty good, straightforward. Just not a lot of, like, needlessly um, fast track, plot match, you know, bullshit. Like, it's all, you know, just... All, all about them too, just being just kind good. of building. Yeah, building up like like they're just two good wrestlers, and yes, one's part of the you know big heel stable right now, and the other but, one's but, going after them. Yeah, the one's going. To, yeah, they don't really need any more than that. Just kind of let it go. Yep. And uh, I don't have match times or anything because we're like I said, literally doing this right after. But uh, Ruby Soho, Riho, and Chris Statlander beat uh, Britt Baker, Rebel, and Jamie Hayter in, you know, just another, uh, fun little women's trio. Yeah, match. Decent match, you know, that puts Ruby Soho two wins on the night. Yes. You know, so, so, you know, I guess, um, Soho, a, uh, mm. pr- pretty, you know, significant night for her. Yeah. You know, they're real, definitely putting, I mean, she wins talk, the battle royal and gets a win on Dynamite and, and, and a win on Rampage. And talk about fast track, you know, like, yeah. that's, that's a pretty quick track that she's on. Absolutely. Like, can't imagine she's going to beat Britt, but, no. you know, I think she'll give her a really good match. And like I said, I think last week, like, just a fresh <laughs> opponent. Um, and we got to see the Rio bicycle kick. Yeah, like, that, that was, was really a fun, good. Like Joshi thing that you'd mm-hmm. see in you know women's Japanese yeah, wrestling. Very, that's a, a Liu Kang move. Yeah, yeah. And she was on she was on Statlander's shoulders a couple times, including towards the end when she hit like the double stomp on mm-hmm. Rebel off her shoulders, and uh, Ruby ended up hitting her kick for the win. But yeah, everyone you know Jamie Hader had some nice moves in this. Yeah, again, uh, just a nice little showcase. Yeah, no, it's a solid little match. And then we get our one uh, Rampage kind of staple here, and that being the Mark Henry split-screen interview before the main event, and he's just really hamming it up. He is really <laughs> hamming it up, and it's just, you know, it, 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 it's it, it's so, like, pre-planned and awkward and awkwardly, you know, it's yeah. just kind of, I would much rather them be backstage interviews with him and, like, Marvez. Yeah. Like, how, like, like, like how much harder would it be? It kind of just makes me chuckle because Mark Henry's just having such a good time. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, well, it reminds me of, like, ESPN First Take or something like that, like, where they have, like, the debates. Yeah. You know, like, it's whatever, but I definitely would prefer backstage. Nothing really to say here other than Pillman says he's going to come at him 100 miles an hour. But, yeah, Mark Henry is just like, wow. Well, I think we've had enough talk. I think we've had enough it's time talk. for the main I think, event. I think that's well. And I think he says that every week. Yeah. It's well beyond the speed limit, Brian. You know. 
really is. Yeah. Well beyond it. So Caster uh, continues to get outshined by Bowens, obviously, but uh, he had a couple good... Uh, I mean, they were all Cincinnati. Like, did, did you not notice that, like, everyone was pretty laying on the same Cincinnati zingers that I really don't feel like they laid on in other shows. They were yeah. all very, like, Skyline Chili. Yeah. The Reds. The Bank. Like, like, they... Yeah. Although he calls out fat women here. Fat women, yeah. So it's like, you know... Uh, I don't remember them doing that in Texas or in Pittsburgh or, or, well, or I think not even not in Milwaukee. Caster kind of always does it, yeah. but yeah, you're right. I mean, it was pretty heavy. Yeah. Obviously, the MJF segment we talked about was laid on thick, but yeah, I mean, yeah. hey, very very pointed. I'm like here for it. Things came up a lot. Take your knees out like Joe Burrow. Yeah, whatever. Um, and then Pillman comes out in his the fa- his father, the flying Brian trunks, kind of the Bengals stripe trunks, mm-hmm. and he's all fired up and uh, comes right at Caster. Comes right at him, just like when he speared MJF. And uh, you know the match was all right. It was obviously cool to see and be there for Pillman getting a main event in his hometown with his family there. And, you know, it was a pretty basic match. You know, Bowens on the outside got involved like five times, oh, it seemed like. Um, and, Cat- and, oh, go ahead. Uh, so, and you kind of kept, at least for me, I you know, as, you know, Caster and Bowens kind of started teaming up on him, you kind of waited for like Griff Garrison or someone yeah. to come out. And it didn't, you know, he got a Not until after Not until after, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, Caster did a fine job in just kind of the heel control of headlocks and kicks. And, you know, it was kind of like he'd be in control, Pillman would have a little comeback, and then Bowens would fuck him up. And then it's kind of on loop. And, you know, it was fine. They told a nice little story. And it ended a little abruptly with Pillman just hitting like a springboard clothesline mm-hmm. after he'd hit like a few different clotheslines. So it was like, really? That's it? But okay, the crowd popped and... uh he goes and hugs his family, and then Bowens attacks him after, and then Caster comes back in and grabs the boombox, and obviously the live crowd, we know what's coming yeah. here, and people are chanting for Moxley, and funny enough, like, where our seats were, like you said, we were lower bowl, but behind the ring, but we are facing, like, the entrance way, so mm-hmm. we're looking at them as they come out, and Moxley, like, peeked his head out, and we could see it yeah. for literally, like, a second. And that was pretty, you could see like the grin on his face. And then he came out and took him out and hit him with the boom, hit Bowens with the boom box. Pillman kicks Caster, paradigm shift. He hugs him, raises his hand and just a nice send off for the Cincy boys. Yeah, and yeah, that wasn't it. it. No, and it was just a great night. And yeah, after off the air, they got some beers. They each had the microphone and uh moxley you know pretty to say pointed like very directly saying like AEW's coming back to cincinnati and i hope it's in the next six months and you know really like driving it in I'm like yeah we love it and but he's like you all know what time it is and you know there's been many skyline chili references by the broadcasters on air and yeah, many, so, many many ripping on it. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, as many people do, and mm-hmm. you know that is what it is. It's not for everyone. Yeah, and if yeah. You're not from here. It is kind of weird, but yeah. it's fucking tight. But it's well, thing. It's not as good as Dixie Chili. No, though, but in general, and then Moxley led the crowd through the Skyline theme song, which is whenever you're feeling good and hungry, it's Skyline time. Gather together with friends and family. It's Skyline time! A wholesome, hearty food and a taste that's so divine. divine. Together, at last, it's Skyline time. time.
what, what a day. I don't think you could see better than that. No, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it's been a, been a, that was a great day. It's been a great week. And uh, I guess let's roll into, uh, if you recall here, and, uh, we'll do a little Suzuki action. And... Ladies and gentlemen, from Queens, New York, it's time for the Greg Goldman Hour. And here he is, the Big Apple's core, New York's favorite, Piers Greg! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Greg Goldman Hour. How the fuck are you? 